When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Robin Crane, and this is the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. Listen, I was a financial advisor for over a decade, and I got so sick of the old archaic strategies that your grandpa used to get clients. What the industry teaches today is still so outdated and just doesn't work anymore. So I had to find a better way for myself, and then I got obsessed with sharing these how-tos with other women like me. The stuff I teach doesn't require giving up your life, your sanity, or your family time. I want women like you to have it easier than I had it so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Hey, hey, hey. I am here talking to Janice Torres Rodriguez, and she has an award-winning podcast, it's called Yo Quiero Dinero, which means I want money, right? Yes, absolutely. So well-versed. Okay. Um, personal finance podcast for women of color to really get good with money. So I'm really excited to have you here. Uh, we really want to talk about what you know, you're know you great at, which is how to be culturally competent and uh, as a financial advisor so that you can meet your prospects and clients where they are and really help them in a more valuable way and also to help you attract more of the right people and also have you convert more of the right people. Because if you don't understand culturally what they want and what's important to them, then you are dead in the water. So tell us a little about you, Janice, and how you got into this and why why you're so passionate about it. Absolutely. So Robin, thank you for having me here. I am an accidental um, creator of a personal finance podcast that people started listening to. So that's one thing I want folks to know. This was not part of the plan. But I did find myself in my early 30s feeling like I had gone through a lot of what we're told we should do as adults. I went to school, got two degrees, had a great lucrative career as an engineer, making a lot of money, but also feeling like I don't know what I'm doing. So that was the first indication that some part of that conversation was missed. And, you know, as I kept talking to my circle of friends who are majority Latina, we all came to the same conclusion that nobody taught us about money. Nobody taught us about building wealth. We didn't even know what questions to actually be asking. And so from that perspective, it really inspired me to start listening to personal finance podcasts, reading books, trying to figure out what exactly it is that I should know about money. And as I continue to dive down the rabbit hole of personal finance content, I just continue to find that the conversation was very generic. The advice was very generic. And especially if you're a woman, it's all the advice around, you know, cut your costs, use coupons, stop spending. Like that's the things you're doing wrong. That's why you're not making money. That's why you're broke. And it's just like, that advice is so tone deaf. And I wanted to create a different platform, a different conversation that could actually make us feel welcome in the conversation. And especially as a Latina, I wanted to hear from people like me who wanted more out of life and wanted to learn how to use money to do that. So that's the inspiration for the podcast. And it's, it's been an amazing journey. 
That's I'm very jealous of the accidental part because I'm like, <laughs> no, I mean, people always say this, like there's people aren't really overnight successes. Like, oh, is it, there's an overnight success, but it's like, oh yeah, but you were really working hard at, at, at it or something for the last decade. And then it just happened. But that's really interesting because, you know, sometimes there's some luck, but I'm sure for, for years, if not decades, you had this conversation, you talking about this conversation. I had this other woman on podcast recently, and she was saying how she had, um, a, uh, an article go viral. And it was because like the, the, like the takeaway from it was, was so strong, um, that people just were like, yeah, you totally get me. So that comes with you really understanding, people like you and also understanding what they need. And that is also so important. I mean, that's kind of the theme here, but it's so important when it comes to getting clients and, and keeping clients, uh, because if you don't understand where they're coming from and you don't speak their language and you're trying to talk, you know, financial speak to them and they're like, you don't get me, they don't want to work with you, which is why, you know, so many people are leaving the, the old, boys club type of advisor, because they talk, especially women, because they talk over them. They're just talking about numbers and projections, all these things where it's like, I want, I want you to get me. So what are the things like you said, you kind of shifted the the language and shifted the conversation. What are things that you talk about that are really different versus like that is culturally aware and culturally significant to women of color that really resonates. That's not about budgeting and, and those sort of things. Yeah, believe it or not, the conversation really begins with mindset. Money mindset is such a big struggle for communities in general, but especially communities of color, because we're used to what poverty looks like. We're used to what struggle looks like. That's the standard operating procedure, right? That's like the default setting for so many of us, for people who grow up in immigrant households where maybe their parents just, they don't even speak English. So they haven't had access to well-paying jobs. They don't have education. If you're like me, you're the first person in your family to go to college. You're the first person to work in a corporate setting, to have access to a 401k. And you don't have anybody in your circle to A, ask questions about what the hell is this? And B, like, what do I do with this money that I did not grow up seeing? Right. If you did not grow up with wealth, you don't even know what to do with money. The message that I got growing up was save some money. It's important to have something on the side. But that's it. There was no talk about investing. There was no talk about building wealth, what uh, uh, entrepreneurship is, estate planning, like all of these things that now I'm becoming aware of as somebody who's building wealth in my family half of the battle is a believing that that's possible. And then B finding people who can actually support you on that journey that you can trust. And that feel like they actually get you. So how does an advisor, especially women here, like how, how would an advisor use this to actually attract some of these women and um, to know, like, this sounds maybe insensitive, but as a financial advisor trying to grow your business and so many who are struggling with making money and being congruent with being a financial advisor because they're maybe not making money or building the wealth that they need to build and themselves. It's like, we want to attract those quality prospects. We want to attract people, I hate to say it, but who have money, right? And so it doesn't matter what color you are, whether you're, you know, black, white, Latino, whatever, some people have money, some people don't. So please don't, you know, misinterpret what I'm saying. But how do we like, because I think it depends on that language that you use. And it's funny you said, um, uh, what do you say, generational wealth? 
because I think it depends on that language to attract the right person so that you can have a few clients, not like hundreds or thousands of clients, and you can make a bigger impact. That's also why you need to have the money behind it so that you can have a sustainable business. But I said, that's funny because I was talking to one of my clients yesterday and she's Latina. And she was saying, she's like, Robin, I'm really excited because we just got this um, office space in Weston, Florida, which you may know, I don't, I don't know, but she said it's like totally Latinos, like, and she's Latina and she's like, I'm so excited because I'll have, this is like, I'll have an office and how do I do this? And what should I do to attract these people? And so I was coming up with all these ideas of, you know, cause they're going to be walking by. And I was talking about maybe having like a, um, an image, like a logo with a stiletto and a dollar sign or something, because it's like, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, I, I was like making, you know, like I like making just, um, like making assumptions, I was trying to think of the word, but making assumptions about who she wants to attract that, you know, if they have a lot of money, they, they might want to spend a lot of money. And so all, like, like just really understanding who they are so that you know how yeah. to attract them. And I was saying like, maybe it's to, to talk about how they can build generational wealth, or maybe it's just how they can have a luxurious life till the day they die. So they can you know spend the money and get the stuff. So what is your take on that? And just how to attract the right people um, to meet them where they are, are culturally and also help them create that wealth that you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to understand the dynamic of what's happening in the Latino community in order for you to know who you want to talk to. So millennials are primarily the generation of folks in our community who are the first to go to college, who are the first to be working in corporate settings, the first to potentially be making six figures, the first to, especially as women, the first to be making more than their partners very often. Latinas are achieving higher levels of education than any other demographic at this point. So that is the fastest growing demographic in the nation. And so when I say, I, I tell people like the future of this country is Latino. So if you don't start figuring out how to talk to them now, that's going to be the client base that you have to work with. And now is the time to start building those relationships. So absolutely honing in on how you can use money as a tool to achieve things that you maybe didn't think possible, like creating generational wealth, like setting up your kids with a trust, like paying for their college, some things that we could not have because our parents didn't have the financial literacy or the financial wherewithal to do it. That is what we want. We want to be change makers. We want to be the the catalyst for change in our communities, but we need that support. So I think talking about how you can partner together versus speaking down to someone and making them feel like, well, you obviously need my help because you know nothing, you know, that is so that's what we're used to feeling. That's what we're used to seeing when it comes to the general personal finance advice, especially if you're used to being talked to by, you know, white men with millions of dollars. Yeah. You're going to feel like that's the only way that you can be spoken to about money. But I think having that, that partnership lens and coming at it from that angle and seeing how you can be mutually beneficial to each other is really important. Which I think is very natural for women. Like I think what has happened is that women come into the industry, then they're indoctrinated to do these stupid sales tactics, like freaking fact finder. Like that's the way to sell someone is find out how much money they have and then tell them they need more insurance and stuff. Like there's, there's so little around like, well, what's important to them and what's holding them back and then understanding them. And 
and women naturally, like we're nosy, like we want to know like the stories and we want to know why you're concerned about money. And we actually want to know that, but it's something happened along the way with this indoctrination and this training. That's like, no, 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 no. This is the system. You got a cold call. You got a door knock. You got a whatever. And then you just tell them you're a financial advisor and poof, they're going to want to work with you if you have enough numbers. Like, yeah, if you have enough numbers, like, yeah, you can do anything. Um, But if you want the right people and you want to make sure they feel understood, you actually uh, have to go back to being a human. And women, I think we have this natural ability to communicate, but then there's all this fog around, well, how do I do it right? What if you do it? just with intention to serve and uh, with the curiosity of understanding what's important to them. And it's only two things driving people. What do they want? What's holding them back? And so get really, really clear on what do they want? What's holding them back? And if you have a solution, then it's really easy. So I like that idea of the partnership. I think what gets lost in the, in translation is this idea that you have to sell people. No, no woman wants to sell anyone anyway. They want to just like, they want clients, but then they overcompensate by not closing them, so to speak, because they don't want to sound pushy and salesy. But if they just had the conversation to figure out what's the gap and then just here's the next step, no one feels sold. They just feel served. So what kind of things like that, like, do you, would you recommend like they can do or, or how to show up for these mostly women? I would assume a lot of the women will like to work with women so that they can attract them and also serve them and get them out of their own way. Right. Because I think a lot of these women, they're going to want to feel like, well, especially if they're the first in their generation to earn money, like there's ownership there. There's like a feeling of, you know, I, I I feel like maybe I should make my own decisions and I don't want to follow what you say. Is there, is there that feeling at all where they, they kind of like almost don't want help. And like, how do you deal with that? If someone's too proud in a sense to get that help. Yeah, I think it's important to understand that there is a lot of mistrust of the financial industry in our community. And if you think about the cultural context where folks that might be coming from other countries where corruption and you know instability in the financial markets is just like a hallmark of the community, you know, that's why you hear the stories of people saving their money in a mattress because they don't trust the banks, because you know, depending on what the political societal system look like where they come from, you know, it's just like, well, you can't trust the banks. You can't trust these people because they're all corrupt. So having that understanding is the first thing, like building that trust, building the, and I think the trust comes with really getting to the root of, you know, what their goals are, feeling seen, feeling understood, having the conversations around, like, what do you actually want to accomplish? How do you think you can get there? These are some suggestions that I have. Does this make sense? You know, instead of just trying to prescribe things without really getting behind the why, I think that helps a lot. And it's going to take time. I think it takes time to build a relationship. And so expecting that that first call is going to be where you seal the deal. I don't know if that's 100% realistic too, because there's just, you know, especially if you're coming from a place where like you don't have any referrals and you're like doing your own research as to who you should trust in in the financial advisory space, it's going to take some time. Do you, do you think that uh, like, I want to say like whiteies like me, like have a chance, like in this community, because I feel like there's that innate trust, like my, my client 
Olga, like she's Latina. If I'm Latina, like I want someone who gets me. And if I'm, you know, some Caucasian woman who, even though, even if I'm, I've had challenges, even if I'm broke, even if I have the same upbringing, like I hate to say it, but there's potentially that judgment of, oh, because you're white, you have this, like, how could someone like me? Cause I think that's amazing to be able to say, like, I want to help these specific women, women of color. And, but I feel like there does sometime get some backlash of like, well, yeah, but you're white, you know, and it sounds crazy to say, because, you know, women of color have had it way worse than white women, which is, you know, and then not like, we're all not men. So we all have it bad in some way. Right. But it's like, how do I, how would I approach that in a way? And I, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm just curious if I have any credibility or trust by saying I work with Latina women when I, I could barely say Quiero Taco Bell, you know? <laughs> no, I, I think it's a fair question. Um, I'll speak for myself and say that when I'm looking for a financial professional, that that is something that I take into account, just I will want to talk to somebody who is Latina before I want to talk to somebody who's outside of my community. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially because there is such a lack of representation in the space. I think somewhere less than like 5% of people who are CFPs are people of color in general. So just the fact that we can find someone potentially that looks or sounds like us is a major thing. And I, I think as you're thinking about expanding your business as a financial advisor, having a diverse team is probably my best advice for being able to attract the clients that you want, because you can't serve everybody, nor should you try to. And that's why having that diversity built into your business model, I think is such an important thing to think about. That's really good advice. That's really good advice. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Like um, I'm Jewish. And so it's always like, for some reason, Jews love to be like, oh, you know, they see a movie and they're like, oh, he's Jewish. You know, my mom's like, oh, Mel, Mel Gibson. No, I don't think Mel Gibson's Jewish, but Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks, <laughs> Jewish. Like we want to know who's Jewish. And I don't know if that's like the same in the Latino community, but it's oh, like, sure. oh, yeah, you know, yeah, totally. It's like we want we want our people like we have that cultural representation. We like we want to feel like, OK, we have that that success and that commonality. Right. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I also think in general, like you understand people like you and you feel understood by people like you. So I think that is the best advice to have, you know, we talk about bringing more women in the industry, but it's really not just women, it's diversity and having, you know, more women of color, more people of color, more, more representation in all areas so that everyone on this planet can go to someone who they feel like gets them and be heard and then actually get help with their finances. Because if they don't have that understanding on the other side, or they feel like, even if it's all in their head, that someone's talking down to me because he's a white male, even if it's not true, if that's in my head and that's my experience of it, like we better have some women like me, some Jewish women helping me out to get my financial success. Right. So that's yeah. awesome. Um, anything to add on that? And yeah, we're, we're go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I think, you know, these conversations are so important because for so long, people of color have just been left behind the conversations around money. And I think, you know, with the power of the internet, the power of retail investing being so accessible, you know, these wealth creation tools that were not available to previous generations, they're, they're the first, you know, I'm the first person to be investing in my family. And now I'm getting my parents involved and my niece involved and my sister involved. So just 
the power of you helping someone create wealth for themselves, it's just, it's, it's not a singular event. It has a ripple effect, especially for communities of color. So I think it's almost like, you know, you can be part of a social justice movement as an advisor by helping this community because you're shaping what the future of America looks like. And I think that's a really noble cause. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I love this. Any other advice you'd give the listeners here? I would say, you know, just start expanding your circle of influence. If you feel like there are way too many voices that sound exactly the same in your peer network amongst your colleagues, I think it's time to branch out a little bit. Find financial advisors who serve different communities, whether that be the Latino community, the LGBTQ community. I mean, there's so many different marginalized groups that need support. And I think the more you can dive in and start to understand what those unique struggles that they're facing are, it's going to make you a really competent and well-versed financial advisor that's going to have way more impact. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. This is great. Well, tell them where to find you. And uh, definitely we want to know I mean, it's easy to find your podcast. Yo quiero dinero. Okay. Yeah. We're going to find you and uh, just follow you and all that. Yeah. So you can find out everything about me at YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com. The podcast is available wherever you listen. And uh, yeah, come and follow me on social media too. We're having a ball over there. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. How, do you have, I, I'm curious now about the award winning before we say goodbye, because it's so amazing. How, how do I become an award winning podcaster? Tell me, but um, no, what is it? Is it by a certain number of downloads? Is it how did what is so, the criteria for that? So the uh, the award was issued by the Plutus Foundation, which is a foundation that was created to support financial creators, and that can include everything from you know YouTubers to writers, podcasters, and so we won the People's Choice Award last year, which is a community voted award, which I think was you know pretty awesome because that's like your people voting you in for that category. So um, yeah, that was an awesome honor. Well, those of you out there who have any opportunity to cast some votes, if I can be in on that and anything <laughs> coming up on voting for the podcast, please vote for me. I have no idea. But um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Great job. I mean, it's it's obvious just your passion is behind it. You're just so in the right place and really here to serve people. And that's good things happen, like good things happen to good people. And when you're putting your attention on serving, like things just fall into place. So I'm a big believer in the whole mindset and manifesting stuff. And when you say it kind of just fell into my lap, like it was that everything kind of lined up for you to do this so that you can be in a position of authority for people to hear your voice. Cause you have such uh, amazing things to say and in such a positive light on that. So thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing with the audience and uh, don't, don't forget to check out her podcast. Yo quiero dinero. All right. Thanks again. Thank you. Are you getting all the quality prospects on your calendar that you'd like? If not, join us in the Appointment Generator Challenge. Go to femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for free. We guarantee you'll get five quality appointments in five days if you follow this system. And you can do it from online. You don't even have to pick up the phone. Whether you're just starting, whether you've been in the industry three to five years, or even 30 years, this challenge will be perfect for you. Check it out, femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for absolutely free. Can't wait to see you there. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.